Is it making you a better version of yourself or a more oppressed, stuck version of yourself? And undo it, like challenge it. It doesn't have to be that way. You can have a thriving business. You can have a thriving motherhood, be very connected to your kids, connected to yourself, healthy, vibrant, moving your body, eating healthy, eating and being how you want to be, have a a very fiery relationship or a marriage and have it all. It's not about like, oh, you can have it all. Like, no, it's, it's just math. If you remove the unnecessary and you stop giving so much freaking energy to what you think you had to, it creates space. And then you get to decide what fills those gaps. And for me, it's joy. It's an amazing sex life. It's an amazing marriage. It's an amazing body and health and wellness and deciding, creating so much wealth that not only can I choose what I eat and when I eat and there's an abundance of that, but I can put food on other people's tables. Like say no to what's not serving you and say yes to abundant. And that is hope. You're not a tree. You're not planted where you are right now. You can get up and change. This is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast. And I am your host, Bette Lucas. I am a mom of six crazy kids. I work as a VP in a fast-paced industry and I've been on a health journey. But what does living your big bold life even mean? Living boldly is having the courage to finally listen and do what your heart has been trying to tell you all along. Maybe it's to take back your health, write the book, go for the job, run the race. And I'm here to help you listen to that voice and to remind you to be you boldly. The world needs you. Hello, welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas. I am so thrilled that each one of you are joining us today with the fabulous, amazing, declutter like a mother author, Ali Kazaza. And we are going to tackle so many things. But what I love about today's message is it's not just about cleaning out your kitchen drawers or Getting, like getting rid of toys in the toy closet. It's about lightening your load and making room for joy and peace and really making room for the person you were called to be and getting rid of the overwhelm in your life, getting rid of the guilt, getting rid of the weight of other people's opinions. And lastly, maybe most importantly, getting rid of the fear of what people might think of you, right? Because that's what can really like freeze us and in our tracks, I think. We we don't act because we we think we're being called to it, but we're fearful. We're fearful of what people might think of us. And today's episode, I hope, really just kind of lights you up and puts kind of the, the gas pedal and full throttle on helping you to step into, make room for the person that you are called to be. Because some of us are walking around with a lot of weight, and I'm not talking about the weight on the scale. We are walking around trying to live a life of who we think we should be, right? And who we think we should be is getting in the way of who we could be. 
And I love that phrase, stop shooting all over yourself. And I want to tell you a story. This time of year, you know, is my birthday season for my children. I obviously, I know this is a little TMI, (laughs) was a little bit must be fertile in the months of December and January because we would be like trying to have another baby and then I would get pregnant that time of the year. I don't know what it is. So I have like so many birthdays in August and September. And the first birthday hit this weekend, we had Elliot Joanne's birthday. She turned 10. And you know what? I am not into birthdays, you guys. I'm just not into them. Just like meal trains, not really my thing. Birthdays, not really my thing. Wow, boo. Um, <laughs> I know many of you are all about birthdays. You're super good at them. You love doing them. And you know what? This message is not to downplay that. But what I'm highlighting is that I used to have kind of guilt around the fact that I wasn't super into birthdays. I used to have guilt the fact that I hate wrapping presents and that I'm not really into the matching cookies, matching candy, balloon thing. And you know what? I reflected back and I said, how did my mom do it? And my mom wasn't super into that either. I barely ever had birthday parties. I didn't have a lot of sleepovers. I rarely remember like having a big to-do about my birthday. But my mom would always tell me, Bet, we are so blessed 364 days out of the year. Why do we need to make a big deal on 365 days out of the year, right? On the 365th day. And I and I think back and, you know, I could have reacted in two ways. I think as an adult, one, I could have said, I didn't like that. So I'm going to be different for my children. And one, I could have said, oh, that really worked well. So I'm going to do exactly that. And then there's the component that each of our children are kind of different and want different things. And and you as a parent are always kind of analyzing what is going to be the best fit for that child. However, What I love emphasizing is that, and this can be applied to anyone, not just if you're a mom or a dad, but I started realizing that my version of momming is just what my children need. And what what we do as a family doesn't need to look like how I did it as you know, a child, what my neighbor Sally's doing, what Instagram is telling me. No, we are going to find the shoe that fits us best, right? And that's what I talk about on fasting. That's what I talk about on exercise. That's what I talk about in your career. If you're stay at home, whatever you may be, you need to figure out the shoe that fits you best. Because us trying to do the stepsister thing from Cinderella and trying to force our foot into someone else's shoe, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I guess if I can leave you with anything on Living Your Big Bold Life podcast is that I want you to make room for, lighten the load so that you are confident enough to wear the shoe that fits you best, to find it and wear it proudly. Because it does my children no good to walk around feeling guilty and overwhelmed about who I was called to be. No, that does not help them. That does not help their future without me. What helps them, and it can be as simple as this stinking birthday week, right, is that we find the right fit for us. And, you know, I love that quote from St. Joan of Arc. She says, I am not afraid 
I was born to do this. And if I can remind you each and every day that walking around feeling guilty over the, all the time, walking around feeling constantly overwhelmed, walking around caring so much, so much what people think of you, or walking around fearing, fearing what people might think of you, if I can help you lighten that just a little bit, just a little bit each and every day, most of that judgment that you think is out there doesn't exist. Most of those critics that might criticize you, they're not really criticizing you. They're just bringing light to their own insecurities. And they're hoping in some way, in some way, that by snuffing out your light a little bit, it brightens theirs. And you know what? We all know it's not true because the more we light up others, the more brighter our own light becomes. So do not be afraid. You were born for this. You were born to be free and live your big, bold life. And I know today's talk will not just put a fire under you, but will help you have some tactical tips for the decluttering of your home, but also maybe the decluttering of your heart. Here's Allie. Oh my goodness. So Allie, you just moved from where to where? Where are you joining us from today? So I'm in Greenville, South Carolina right now. I just moved here from San Diego. So I'm like born and raised Southern California girl. I grew up in Marietta, which is like an hour outside of San Diego and um, have lived in San Diego for the last like year and a half and just moved here. So there's a lot of bugs. It's humid. (laughs) I basically like don't want to get dressed any days because I just want to be like free in this humidity, like to just, I I, like, like it on my skin. My skin's doing really well. My hair's doing good. But it is just like a new kind of hot that I'm having to get used to. Well, I love that you, you get to experience two of what I would say are the mo- one of the most beautiful places in the U.S. So I went to college mm-hmm. in San Diego, but I haven't been back recently. I was I was a Torero back in the day. Okay, so cool. It, yeah, so San Diego's pretty amazing, but I've never made it to South Carolina. But all my friends that have gone have just said it's just so gorgeous. The people are so amazing. Mm-hmm. And what brought you to South Carolina? Um, well, those two things you mentioned, it's so beautiful. The people are amazing. It's really got like this family feel, but still super like trendy. And it's got this really cute downtown, good shopping and little parts, like really good food. It's like a foodie town. Um, so it's really fun. But I've been here over the last several years. I've come here probably like five or six times because the CA, the COO of my company lives here. And we were trading off visiting each other to work quarterly in person. And I started coming out here and I'm like, you stay here. I'm coming to you like the next five times because it's so cute here. And then I brought Brian and the kids and we just fell in love with it. And we ended up buying a house here. Uh, not We didn't really super plan on it. Just kind of we were curious and looked around and it just fell on our laps. Thought we would maybe use it as an investment. And then just decided this year, like, let's just go there. Let's, we're kind of just done with California for now and we're going to go. So here we are. Oh, I love it. Well, 
Allie, I know that a lot of my listeners know who you are. However, there may be some that don't know Allie. And so I would love for you to share with our listeners who is Allie and all about you and what brought you here today, because we're going to tackle everything from clutter to overwhelm, guilt. We may just even touch on some of some things about your business and how you've been able to get it here. We may talk on kids and health. Who knows? We, Allie and I are here to have fun and really provide you with some tactical tips for you and your journey. And in a lot of ways, Allie is very bold and boldly beautiful. She boldly owns her gifts and her imperfections. And I think that's why so many people really fall in love with her and are appreciative of all she provides. And she has a new book. So we are going to have so much fun today. So Allie, tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah. So I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And thank you for sharing space on the platform that you built with me that I know how much it takes to build something. And I appreciate that. But yeah, the the work that I do in my business is my passion. I love coming alongside women, especially mothers, and really just lightening that load for them. I think there's so much that we carry physically in our spaces and metaphorically in ourselves um, and in our calendars, like just in the way that life is going. If you're a business owner, like it's even more to carry. Right. And I really love to come in and just help people remove that physical and metaphorical clutter and lighten things up for themselves, not carry so much intentionally and deliberately remove things that are unnecessary that are just dead weight that are not serving yes. you or used to, but aren't anymore. And that encompasses a lot. So I basically built out this framework, this like method about five or six years ago when I was turning my blog into a business, I've been blogging and on the internet like this for like 11 years, 10 years and, um, turned it into a business like five, six years ago. And so really we like, I like to start at home. I think that it would be easy to start with like, oh, mindset or like, you know, you're, you, you as a physical person, but really like, because of what I call hot mess mom culture, moms have a really hard time starting with those things. They don't get it. They don't see that it's important. Or if they do, they don't feel that they're worthy of focusing on that. So I really like starting at home with a physical space because it's very tangible. You can go right Mm -hmm. now, bag up a bunch of crap. It's not serving you anymore and get rid of it. And it's therapeutic. And then from there, you have more space, more time, more energy. You're not catching up on the house so much. And then, then you're more available to focus on the internal you, your calendar, all the other things. So that's the work I do. And then personally, I've been married to my husband, Brian, for almost 14 years. And uh, we have four kids together. My kids are 12, 10, 9, and 6. I have to think about it every time. (laughs) So ironically, my first four are almost exactly your same ages. So I have a a little, I have 11, almost 10, almost 8, and 6. So okay. those, are my, those are my four oldest. So I, um, I know those ages well. And uh, Spencer and I similarly, uh, our anniversary, you're just a little ahead of us. We went, we got married. My husband's a little bit older yeah, than me. And so when we got married, we were just like, got married and we just started having babies. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> a little bit, people would like see us after a few years. They're like, um, 
weren't you guys just dating? And now you have like three <laughs> kids. What, where, what is going on here? So, uh, well, I love that about your journey. And I love what you said about not just decluttering your home, but decluttering can also be uh, letting go of guilt and that overwhelm and that kind of what you said is like that hot mom mess feeling. Yeah. And I love that you kind of connect those two. So, so you were a mom blogger for a lot of years and what prompted this, like, I'm going to make this a business. I'm going to take this from just a passion, a hobby, uh, something I do on the side to Mm -hmm. no, I'm going to run at this and I'm going to make this a business. Well, I mean, there's so much, there's so many layers. I think with any part of any person's story, there's so many layers. And that part of my story is very, very layered. But the main, the main thing was I was basically, my family was living like beneath the U S poverty line. Like Brian had a job, but it barely made ends meet. We're living in Southern California. Like everything is expensive. Um, that was our home. Like all of our family is there. Uh, we're having these babies, we're doing our best, we're trying to figure it out. And when things were good with the company he worked for, everything was fine. But there was so many like surges of, of drama inflicted on the workers by the company because it's just, it's corporate. It's just the way it was. It was this really big company and he did like uh, TV and internet installing and things like that. So normally things were fine, but then they'd go through these bouts of like cutting down hours. They would like massively, massively cut your ability to do any extra work or overtime, which we heavily relied on. And so we would go through these really long periods of time of literally like we have $20 to last a week and a half. Like, what are we going to do? Um, so super stressful. There was actually a lot of trauma inflicted on Brian and I because of that time. I don't really know how our marriage made it through that. Maybe just desperation um, or togetherness in that, but it was extremely difficult. So we were in that place, and here I am blogging, sharing. Like I was learning a lot at that time in my motherhood. Um, I was very overwhelmed. I had I had been blogging and just sharing like my thoughts and like um, things I had worked through to make motherhood like more doable, and just sharing little things and having a really small community online. And then I started to figure out like setting aside the money troubles we had, I started to figure out how to make my motherhood lighter. And I came upon this idea through this like epiphany moment I had in my bathroom, like on the bathroom floor in a pile of tears, (laughs) so overwhelmed. Like I was absolutely depressed and didn't know I wanted this. I wanted to be a mom. I, I loved my husband. I loved my life, but I was waking up with dread And I realized it was really because everything was upside down and all of my energy and all of my time and efforts were going into things that were supposed to be side notes. The side notes had become the main theme. And that's all I did was maintain this house, this space, and just the the dinner, the the food, the snacks, the wiping down the high chair, changing diapers, wiping boogers, doing all these things and trying to keep up and keep up with this standard for mothers that I didn't set for myself that I had accepted and received from external people in society. And it was exhausting and it was running me into the ground. And when I realized that and flipped it, all the stuff that I was maintaining, I looked around my house and it was like, this doesn't even need to be here. Like I'm maintaining things I we've had for years. Like, why is it even here? And it's there. So the kids pull it out. Then I got to put it away. I got to wipe it down and clean it up and put it back on the shelf and organize the, organize the crap. 
And so I started in my home and that was my realization. And that led to me having more time, more energy, feeling so much better. I started doing it in my entire house. And then that carried through into my wellness in my life. So as I'm doing all this, I'm blogging for free and sharing and building a bigger community. And, um, you know, ads just didn't align with me. I didn't want to have a site full of ads. It just wasn't what I personally wanted. Um, and I, and I was getting like very resentful because here I am sharing, people are asking me questions or asking me for my, I was building up expertise. I certainly was no expert at the time, but I'm sharing and people are taking that from me and asking for more. Um, then it got a little bit bigger and it got to the point where on Instagram and social media, like I'm getting asked all these questions. People are asking me if, how, what do I do with this? And sending me pictures and I'm answering and like just being so available to the public for nothing. Mm-hmm. And then in my own life, I don't know if I'm going to have enough cereal for my kids. Like I got very resentful and yeah. I was raised at a very, very oppressive religious school where I was literally taught you should go to college and all the things, but it's basically for nothing because women are not supposed to work. Once they have kids, you're not supposed to make money. Certainly not more money than your husband. Like that's a no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very oppressive. And so that old programming was there. So you I'm sure you can see how I was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place and not sure what to do. But basically I had had enough. I connected with my own version of who God is and what my message is and what my purpose is and what I believe about women. And through that journey, started my business, turned the blog. I I started creating courses. I started going and researching. I I decluttered a widow's house after her, her husband died and she felt ready. I did houses with 11 kids and three giant playrooms full, full of toys, full of, of just junk that wasn't even being used. Um, I did a hoarder's house. It was terrifying, but I did it. I helped her. I did research, research, research. I started becoming an expert. And over that that next couple of years, I developed your uncluttered home. I started my business. I started making money. My husband left his job. He works with me now. And we went from there. Wow. What do I even say to all of that? Because there's just so much goodness there. And what I hear from a lot of my listeners, and I'm sure you hear the same, is when they have a struggle, just like you said, where there's this disconnect on who you're feeling called to be and what others are telling you you should be. And Mm -hmm. it's this, I think that's what that moment on that floor really was for you. You You're on the floor, you're feeling like there's this there's this could, there this this I am, and yet I'm being told should, 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 or no, no, no. And I love that you just, it probably was very complicated, very hard, and it and probably a lot of people didn't understand, but you're like, no, like I can create a business. I can make money. Like I can, and because I hear from so many women that they're so embarrassed when they make more money than their husband or they're, Mm. they feel like they're not supposed to. And I just love how you were just like, no, like I, I, we can barely keep food on the table right now. I'm being called into this and I'm going to step into, I'm going to step into this. I'm not going to step away from it and I'm not going to hide from it Mm. anymore. Or so I love that. And I can only imagine how 
how hard uh, that must have been. So you turn this into a business. Now today, you have all these amazing messages for for moms and even everyone out there. Yeah. What do you feel is like the biggest message that on your, I don't want to say on your deathbed, but like when people talk about Allie someday, they're like, this is what the message she brought to my life. What is that message? Uh, I think it's hope. I think it's, if it's not working, if you're not lit up, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And and I think even like going back to what we were just talking about with women and making money, and then also like your home and how your space feels and how your motherhood is going and how your weeks are going and how you feel. Um, if it's like question the programming, question mm-hmm. the systems put in place for you and ask, is this serving me? Is it, if you're not feeling worthy, if you're not feeling connected to truth, there's something off and it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to be a mom of four, a mom of six and be caught in this negative vortex of struggle. And there's just, I'm just like a mom. I'm basically a martyr. Like, Oh, it's like so hard. And this is my identity because if it's not hard and it's not constantly chaotic, I really don't know who I am. Like that's how so many moms are living. And I really want to challenge everyone listening to question the systems, question the programming that you have that you're living out of and ask if it's serving you or not. Is it making you a better version of yourself or a more oppressed stuck version of yourself and undo it, like challenge it. It doesn't have to be that way. You can have a thriving business. You can have a thriving motherhood, be very connected to your kids, connected to yourself, healthy, vibrant, moving your body, eating healthy, eating and being how you want to be, have a a very fiery relationship or a marriage and have it all. It's not about like, Oh, you can have it all. Like, no, it's, it's just math. If you remove the unnecessary and you stop giving so much freaking energy to what you think you had to, it creates space. And then you get to decide what fills those gaps. And for me, it's joy. It's an amazing sex life. It's an amazing marriage. It's an amazing body and health and wellness and deciding, creating so much wealth that not only can I choose what I eat and when I eat, and there's an abundance of that, but I can put food on other people's tables. Like say no to what's not serving you and say yes to abundance. And that is hope. You're not a tree. You're not planted where you are right now. You can get up and change. I love that. And what you're saying is that by doing this, you were able to give back more, not give back less. And I am big on this theory that we think by taking these steps, by removing those roots that you were talking about, feeling stuck, we're going to give back less to our kids. We're going to give back less to our husband. We're going to give back less to the world because it's being selfish. And really your story is like, I'm stepping into this. I am, I am boldly moving forward and I'm boldly owning who I was called to be. And through that boldness, I was able to give back more, not give back less. And I I see it in every area of your life. It has improved because of that. It's just, it's so cool. So, okay, a mom comes to you and she's that mom crying at the end of the day. Every day feels overwhelming, hard, and she just feels stuck. When that mom comes to you, where do you start? What are your kind of top three things that you say, okay, sister, 
this is where we're going to tackle. This is this is what I want to see you do to take take some baby steps forward today. Okay, so first of all, for anyone listening that's identifying with that mom, she comes to me every day. You're not alone. Literally, you are one out of I'm unfortunately millions, but you're just it's not just you because in my head at that time it was like I am the only one who can't get it together. And that is like the biggest trick our egos play on us. And it's yeah. not just you. Um, so, okay. Having said that, the, the first thing I like to look at is I really like to make her aware of how she's feeling. What does it feel like even like in your physical body to be where you are at right now? Where does it gather? For me, that kind of overwhelm, that kind of stress that I'm out of alignment with how I want to be, but I don't know how to get realigned goes right in my stomach. I get, I will fit. I mean, I'll straight up get like bloated. My body literally reacts to how I'm feeling and our bodies do react and they give us the key to so much. So I like to get them to go internal and just notice, be aware of how you're feeling. Because if you're aware of how crappy it feels, you're more motivated to change it and get a system in place. that's going to carry you out of that. And then we, we do the system. And the first thing, like this is think about motherhood, you know, like think about all the questions, all the decisions, all the nurturing, all the the need for your energy to go out to someone else is constant. And the house and the dishes and the meals and yourself and your health and oh, there's all these body expectations on me because I'm a woman. So I got to keep that up. And I better not let my marriage get unfiery because then this will happen or I it's just so much. And with all of that, I want to peel it all back for her. And let's literally, we're going to start in one place and we're going to start the physical space. And even beyond that, we're going to get even smaller and zoom in even more. And I just want you to go into your bathroom and make decisions. You're going, it's an easy yes or no area. You're going to take a trash bag. You're going to decide how you want to feel in that area of your space. When you start and end your day, you get ready for your life. How do you want to feel and remove all the old broken hair tools and gross makeup that you shouldn't even have anymore and just make those decisions, get it out. You know, like I love that. Well, and that's such a good starting point. And now what's your take? I noticed you've shared this before, and I loved when you kind of have highlighted the difference between organization and decluttering. Can mm-hmm. you kind of tell us as someone who's now does have the expertise and is an expert, when a mom says, okay, sure, Allie, like I, but I'm not naturally very organized. So mm-hmm. that's why I can't declutter or I'm not, I don't have those gifts that you have. So if they're about to tackle their bathroom or their private, you know, their bedroom or the, the playroom, what advice do you give to someone who says that? It's my favorite thing because that's me. I am the most messy. Like if I took you, I'm in an Airbnb right now. If I took you upstairs and showed you like the floor in the room I'm staying in, there's clothes everywhere. Like I am so I'm more of like a free spirit, like just just like be spontaneous and have fun. Like I am the least organized person, which is why I love keeping things simple because it almost completely obliterates any need for being organized. Being a a naturally tidy person has literally nothing to do with this. And we have to be careful because so often we form excuses to keep ourselves away from change. And this is the thing we have to watch for as women, especially as moms, especially so much of our identity is wrapped up in how our days are going. 
So much of our identity is wrapped up in our homes. And a lot of the time, the identity crisis is you don't realize it, but it's like your chaos is a mask you wear to keep you from socializing, to keep you from connecting with others, to keep you from being seen as lazy, to keep you feeling worthy. Well, I deserve this bubble bath because I've been on my feet all day, every day for weeks. Like you, you deserve the bubble bath because you exist and you want to be in the water. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's enough. Um, and so we have to be careful not to make up stories like, oh, well, Allie's naturally this, or well, she's naturally that way. And I'm not like, it's nothing to do with being naturally organized or naturally tidy or a naturally messy person. It's everything to do with the stagnant energy that's forming in the space. You're living life, making memories, raising your kids, running your business, getting ready for the day that can be removed by clearing out the clutter. You literally create space for a breath of fresh air for a better start to the day. And that's, we're just talking about starting in your bathroom. Like imagine if your whole house was aligned with the person you want to be. I mean, screw being organized. Who cares? I'm not, I mean, I don't care about that at all. It's about the extra excess stuff that what takes up your space takes up your time. So if you have stuff in every drawer, hidden in every closet, in every bookshelf, all over the surfaces in your house, all over the floor, it is literally just time you're not growing your business, time that you're not able to meditate, time that you're not able to make a healthy meal because your your excuse is, it's, I'm too busy, I don't have time. Well, boss up and make mm-hmm. time. It's got nothing to do with organization. I love that. And I, I we're just even gonna, I'm gonna leave that there for people to just noodle on because I love that so much. Hey friends, it's Bet. If you are enjoying today's podcast, I really hope you will join me every week for what I hope you find are inspiring interviews and bold content on topics like family and career and health. And can I also ask you a favor? Can you press that subscribe button and write a review if you like what you hear today? By doing those things, you are helping me get the word out. And I truly would be ever, ever so grateful. It also allows you to be the first to know when new content arrives. So please subscribe today. Now, let's get back to our guest. So, Allie, we talked about the bathroom. Let's ta- let's just go into a few other areas of, the, of a house. And you give your quick top thing that you like to recommend. So let's say a close, uh, the closet. Uh, so you come into my closet. What's the number one thing you want to say to me who has maybe a crazy filled closet and it stuff needs to go? What's your advice? Okay. So we want to look at what does not make you feel absolutely amazing. What is like Your clothes should support you. You're not supposed to fit into your clothes. The clothes are supposed to fit you and you're supposed to be supported. So what's not supporting you? Literally, what's not supporting where your body's at right now? What is not getting worn because you don't feel super in it? Like you should feel like a million bucks, even like in your loungewear, even in your sweats, even in your pajamas. Like I talk about this a lot with wardrobe because we get so complacent and we get like our pajamas are like saggy and not doing us any favors. And they're not really, they're comfortable, but they're just not like making you feel really good. Like you're hanging around your husband. Like, don't like, let's feel good. Like even your pajamas, like feel good and beautiful. Everything should support you. It's not, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of space. You shouldn't have bought it. Learn your lesson. Let it go. Like you're worthy of a closet and drawers that every single thing makes you feel amazing. So we want to look there first. The second, 
second thing we want to look for is the 80-20 situation. So most people wear 20% of their wardrobe 80% of the time. What is your 20? Uh, And we can find that out by asking questions. Some people just know and other people need a little more time. If you need a little more time, do the backwards hanger trick. For the next month, every time you wear something, put it back in your closet with the hanger facing the opposite way. At the end of the month, everything that has on an opposite hanger, you wore that a lot. That's your 20%. I love that. Quick tip. Okay, now let's talk about the playroom. What's your what's your tactic? Because that's the one I hear a lot from moms or dads and people out there. It's, it's the toys. It's the playroom. It's the books. It's all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first thing is if your child is three years old or older, they need to be involved. It's not going to do anyone any favors if you are going in when they're at school or away somewhere and you're just making the decisions for them. It's going to break trust. It's going to make them feel they don't have control. And that's literally the recipe for raising a hoarder. And we don't want that. So right. um, I would advise that before you even touch the toy room, I'm not even going to give a tip for specifically re- doing the toy room because the first thing has to be start to have these conversations with your kids. Start to bring simplicity and minimalism and less into your family culture. Start doing your own stuff and bring your kids into to help and witness you clearing things out. You've got to bring this into your family culture. You can't just eat junk food every day for six years and then drop broccoli in front of them and expect them to eat it and love it. You got to change the family culture, change how you guys are all eating metaphorically. And with, there's a relationship in your family culture to things. So we got to start to change that. Then in the book, I go into like, there's a whole chapter on minimalism and simplicity and kids. And there's other things you can do, but that's got to be the first thing. Don't even touch the stuff. Worry about other areas first. You got to start bringing in this to your family culture so the kids don't feel like it's like abrasive or like a punishment for no reason. I love this. We're going to do one last one because these are such good tactical tips. So we've hit the bathroom. We've hit the clothes closet. We've hit kids and kind of toys. What's the next one? You think the kitchen? Is that Kitchen's is that good. Kitchen. What's the kitchen one? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give a challenging one. A lot of people hear this and they immediately think like that won't work. It'll make more work for me or I'm scared to do that. But I want to challenge you. The kitchen is the hub of the home. Even if you don't cook much, like a lot happens there. And yes. so what happens that I see a time when I was taking one-on-one clients and like in my work, even online is the kitchen, it just ends up being this pile of just to be done. Like you're, you're doing work, the kids are going to school, you guys are busy and you're not even really sitting down and eating together every meal of the day. But at the end of the day, there's a giant pile of dishes. The yeah. reason for that is most people, I've done my own research on this. The average for people is they have three to four sets of dishes in their house when they only need one. You, why do you need four sets? So go in and kind of just, what dishes do you need? plates and bowls, like for daily life, everything else, box it up and move it out somewhere else, like the attic or the garage or something. And just live with what you need and watch, get into the habit of just washing the dishes off, setting them in the drying rack. And then the next time you need a meal, use the same one, like less dishes is less cleaning. And it might seem like it'll make more work. And now you're going to have to wash off the dishes, but ultimately you're going to save literally hours because that's so many less dishes to wash Mm -hmm. during the week. So I like to challenge people with that and have them try it. And they always are like, Oh my gosh, it's so much less. I'd way rather just rinse them off. And then, then at the end, after dinner, you have pots and pans and like all the dishes. Then, you know, of course, like run the dishwasher and empty it in the morning. But during the day, like don't stop getting a fresh dish for every single snack, every single piece of fruit, every single everything you eat. Your family is doing that and it's adding up. And then you have 
hours of cleaning up to do. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to my sister and she has a big family. She's a foster mom and an adoptive mom and a bio mom. She's just amazing. And she was like, yeah, my kids, I expect them to rinse off their dish after they eat and do their dishes, like do their dish that they used. And even at a young age, I was like, that's pretty brilliant. It sounds so simple, but hey, your eight-year-old fixed themselves a snack or something and use the plate, they are fully capable of rinsing off that dish. And so I yeah. love that you're like that that light bulb moment was like, oh yeah. And that those dishes add up. Like if your eight-year-old, you, your husband, and your 12-year-old know to rinse off their dish after they're done eating, that's a whole heck of a lot less work for you as a mom. For sure. And and when you're in like the really little stage and your kids can't help, it's going to save yeah. you so much time. And then as the kids get older and they can start to help out, like my 12 and 10 year old do all the dishes now, it's just so much easier on everybody. And even like here in the Airbnb, there's so many dishes and just out of, because humans always go for the path of least resistance. It's way easier to grab a clean dish. And so we're just doing that by, by nature. And you know, there's just dishes, there's literally dishes in the sink right now. And it's just not like that at home. So it just goes to show like, man, it really, it really adds up and it really does work. If you, if there's less to do, there's less to do. Amen. Amen. So before we talk about your exciting new book, which I can't wait to talk about more, but this kind of connects with it. You will share about your health journey a little bit and things, you know, light bulb moments you've had and how you know, you're, you're decluttering and this, you know, kind of this, this motion forward has helped you on your health and wellness journey. What are some, some tips? Because a lot of my listeners listen, they are on a health journey too. And heck, we all should be on a health journey, right? And, and it probably will never end for any of us. What are some things you found on your uh, journey? And what are some things that you think might help others? Maybe a couple things that were like, oh, I never thought of this and this is really helping me. You know what the biggest thing is for me is I just, I always have this mindset of like, I typically know what's healthy. Like I know how, if you were like feeling overweight, I know what you're supposed to do to lose it. I know like what's healthy and what's unhealthy and try to eat out less. Like I knew all of that. And I was having these like really slight, but kind of life stopping, uh, health issues like polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, I ended up getting diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which as of my lightest blood work, I no longer have. And all these things were coming up and just like really bad, like acne and gut health issues. At one point I had like irritable bowel stuff so bad. I was afraid to leave the house. Like I was just always sick. And these are all normal things. Anxiety, like all of these things, these are very, very common. I would say most people have experienced at least one of them. And I really just got sick of it. And I started to, all the normal health stuff wasn't working. I was a pretty healthy person, but I obviously wasn't. And so I started to, again, like really learn about going within and checking with my own body and like meditating and praying and like really just seeking guidance on what was going on with me. And right away, my, your body will talk to you. It's really brilliant how we're made. Right away, I just felt like I'm, I'm always drinking coffee. 
I'm always drinking coffee and I'm like this all the time. And my life is already like that as it is. I don't need that. And so I intuitively was like, I think I'm going to stop drinking coffee. And then the same thing happened with eating meat. I just was like, I think I've always kind of been weird with me. I think I just need to not. And I switched to plant-based and just slowly made these changes. And I stopped making myself exercise so much. I was exercising so hard and I wasn't losing an inch. I was miserable and I was cystic from the PCOS. Like, And then, then I learned, as I researched it a little bit, hired an amazing uh, naturopathic health coach and re- realized that when you work out the way I was working out, your cortisol spikes. And for people with PCOS, that actually makes you go into fight or flight and your body holds fat. And so I stopped and I started doing yoga and Pilates like that. Bam. I felt so much healthier. So I lost like 40 pounds really fast and, and easily and, and lightly. And I was eating like a lot and just feeling really good. So I think just stop again. Maybe that's the theme of our episode. Stop believing just what everyone else does and find out for yourself what's healthy for you and go from there and be, I think our intuition is our power. And I think we Mm. turn it off a lot because it inconveniences other people and it can be scary to just trust yourself. But that has been my secret to releasing extra weight that wasn't good for me. It's been my secret to my marriage, raising my kids, like maybe stop listening to what everyone else thinks and, and go within and trust yourself for a second. I love that so much because I find your journey with PCOS, Hashimoto's, high cortisol levels, a lot of moms are doing this where they are just constantly stressing their body. And what they don't realize sometimes is constant stress can be really crazy amounts of exercise. So, Mm -hmm. and especially if you're doing crazy amounts of cardio, uh, or I I see it a lot. And ironically, a lot of my guests, Sally, they stop going so overboard on the cardio. They just try to incorporate movement in their day, whether that is as they are cleaning the house or as they're going on a walk with the kids. And then they figure out what their body likes. You figured out that your body loves yoga and Pilates. And then voila, your cortisol levels dropped, you're less stressed out, and not just stressed in the way we all think about it, but your body says, oh, she's feeling really good. She's feeling peaceful. I don't need to hold on to this weight that I was, and this inflammation that was just there. So I think it's so brilliant. And I I hope if other people are listening and they feel like they're doing all the things, but all the things don't feel right for them, that they are bold enough to say, I'm going to challenge what I've been told. I'm going to challenge this a little bit because it's it's not working. My energy's not high. I'm not feeling good. I'm mm-hmm. feeling foggy. Something's not right. And I just, I love so much of what you shared about not only your what you figured out on your eating, what you figured out on your exercise, but just you started listening to your heart. And really that's what to me, living boldly is all about. It's it's choosing to listen to your heart over all the outside noise, out of all the outside fear. Because you and I both know when we've chosen fear over listening to our heart, it, it's really sad. I look back on all those times yes. and it, it's, it's uh, I'm not a crier, but it makes me kind of want to cry because I, yeah. I chose fear and I chose listening to what the outside world was saying. And guess what? Right here, knew all along. 
mm-hmm. right here knew all along. And that's what you figured out. And I feel like I, that's what I, my hope is for every listener. So yeah, that's beautiful. And that's the whole point. Like we give away our power so much, especially especially women, actually possibly exclusively women. A lot of the time, if we just, I don't know, I need a parenting book to tell me how to handle my kid. You know, you know, you can seek outside help. That's what coaches are here for. But we give up our power. We're not getting help. We're looking for someone to literally tell us how to eat, how to move, how to raise kids, how to um, connect with our own bodies, how to be intimate, how to run a house. Like, you know, you just sometimes need to hire support to clear the path and help you and like give you tips, but don't give your power up and look to other people to tell you exactly how to do things. Like, it's just, man, you, you just killed your own superpower. Amen. And your version, whether it's mommying, whether it's it's your job, is exactly what the world needs. And I always tell moms that because they'll say, oh, I'm not good at this. Yes, but you're good at this. Like, so that version of your mommying, that version of the gifts you have is exactly what the world needs and your kids need. Don't try to force what, you know, there's, I have a lot of weaknesses, but I also have a lot of strengths. And yeah, you do too. And, and so- so let's tackle let's tackle your book. Let's tell us all about your new book and why uh, we all need to get out there and connect with you and support you and buy your book. We need to. I hope every listener after today sees why Allie is really a superwoman and has so many superpowers. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about the book because it was really interesting writing it because the method that I created has become so broad and it's like, okay, we start here, but man, it really goes like we go deep It like, I have a program called unburdened where we talk about like your calendar and your inner self and, and your boundaries. Like it goes, we declutter so much in my platform. And so with the book, I really was forced to go all the way back to the beginning, the first step in the framework that I've kind of like delegated and don't really talk a ton about anymore. And so to go back and give like my latest and greatest, freshest, everything for that part for step one, where so many women are, or maybe need to revisit that again. It was really, really cool for me to do that. And I, when I was doing that, I was just like, man, this is so good. This is so fresh. This is so updated. This is so much better than it used to be because it's new and I've learned so much. So it's so good. It's so detailed. It tells you why you're overwhelmed hint, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's math. You have too much going on. You got to clear some stuff. And, and that there's always an option. There's always, everything can be figured out. There's always another option. There's always something you could clear to make more space for what matters to you. You're not bad at this. You're just, it's too much. And so to walk women through that, walk people through that is really, really beautiful. And then it, and then we get super, we, we move away from the emotion of it and we get super, super practical. And it's like, I'm literally like, here, do this next, then do this. And then here's your options for this, all while teaching you how to do it for yourself. Because the other minimalists, the other simplicity teachers, what I've found is I'm all for this message getting out there. People need to have less stuff. They need to get, they need to get it together. need to feel lighter. However, I notice a lot of it is very legalistic. It almost becomes like this legalistic religion where it's like, this is the right and wrong way to do it. This is how many books you should have. This is how many pants you should have. Um, this is how much is too much. And 
Right. Man, I just think like all our lives are so different. We live in different climates. We have different families. We have different jobs. We have different lifestyles. Like who am I to tell someone else what they need? So I'm all about empowering you to know what, to know how to gauge what's enough and what's too much for yourself. And then bring that into your family culture, spread that to your kids, raise kids who are not materialistic, who know how to focus on what matters, who don't have to go through this cycle of too much stuff like we have been for generations. Oh, I love that. And Allie, I kind of have a bold question for you. How long did it take you to create this book? How how long? I mean, I know it was probably a dream for a while, but mm-hmm. for others who want to write a book, how long did it really take you? And and what did that look like? Um, I would say it took about a year from signing the contract. I wrote about three chapters, three or four chapters for the proposal. Um, my agent had just advised me to write more than, I think you typically you write one or two. Um, but she advised me to write more because there's parts to the book. Like there's like the reason why and the science behind it and the like getting people amped up. And then there's like the tactical decluttering. And so, sorry, my food is at the door. No, it's okay. It? He's okay. looking through the glass, like saying hi. No, I love it. I love it. This is why I love podcasts because it's real life. You know, usually it's my, I'm like making eyes at my three-year-old, like if you come down here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But anyway, it's, it took about a year and it was funny because it took longer than I think it should, it needed to, because I started to like write the rest. And I was like staring at the blank page with the blinking cursor and I just like couldn't do it. And I had to figure out another way to write because I was feeling really pressured once the contract came into play and the money came into play. And Mm -hmm. I had gotten this like amazing book deal. It was like a dream and it was a four book deal. It was exactly what I wanted. I was getting paid what I feel like I'm worth. Like it was so good. But then I got like ego came into play and I got scared. And so I got blocked. So I ended up figuring out that I didn't need to be typing. I needed to be talking. I love talking. I'm an external processor. I talk to myself to figure out problems. Um, I will like voice message myself thoughts and ideas. That's why I love podcasting. So I brought in um, Anna, uh, who is a one of the girls that works with me. She's one of my contractors and she types really fast. So she sat with me in Zoom and I talked out my chapters while she transcribed. And then I would take the transcription and edit from there. And that was magic. After that, we worked together every week until it was done. And then it was just like months of, you know, how they send it back. Can you edit this? And then it was just doing that part. Beautiful. And what an amazing tip for people who are like, I feel so pressured. I'm hitting deadline. I, you know, I need to hit this deadline. And it's just not working. And I think, and then they say, oh, and I'm not a good writer. I'm not, I'm not a good writer. Wow. I love that, Allie. So here's another one for you. You know, you are, you know, have established a very well-known platform. You're well-known in the social media world. What do you hate about social media? What is, what's something, and I, and maybe hates too strong of a word. I don't think it is. (laughs) Yeah. But what is something that has been a struggle for you as someone who now has a more public persona? You have these platforms. And yes, these platforms allow for you uh, to spread your message and different things. But what are some things that you have really struggled with as someone? I don't know if you want me to use the, you know, use the word influencer. What is something Mm -hmm. you've kind of struggled with? Uh 
boundaries, energetic boundaries. And by that, I mean, I have really good boundaries. Like you don't get to talk to me like that kind of stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. That's one of my strengths. But energetic boundaries, meaning like I'm felt obligated to share certain things. Or if I would figure something out, I'd feel like I have to share it. Basically, I realized through a lot of inner work and going to therapy and doing all of that, I felt like I needed to win approval by performing. And I used Mm -hmm. social media like that, which then I trained people that followed me that this is what you can expect from me all the time. And it was so exhausting and so uh, codependent and unhealthy. It was was killing me. It was a big part of my sicknesses. And so as I started to heal my physical body, I also started to heal that. And everything just cleared right up uh, because it was really affecting me. So I've learned boundaries. Some things are just for me to know. Some things are just for me to learn. Some things that I have that are life-changing don't need to be on the podcast. Some things are just for me and I get to choose what I share. And I went from just sharing like everything all the time to sharing like maybe 10% of my life. I mean, it, it still feels like we're connected and I'm helping you and I'm passionate about this and I'm there for you and we're in this together because we're moms. But mm-hmm. it's way, I know that it's way dialed back. I'm so much freer. There's so many fun things that I do that never go on social media. I no longer feel like I have to share every single thing I do. Um, And I actually now take pleasure in doing something that's very Instagrammable, like working out or eating a salad or going out to the museum with my kids and not saying a thing. So that was, that's been my big lesson. Oh, I love that. So we're almost done with our time together, which I'm super sad about. And I'm so chatty. (laughs) I can just chat with you all day. So if someone is wanting to grow their platform, I think that last advice is huge. What do you tell? I mean, I'm sure people ask you all the time. They're like, "Uh, Allie, I am really trying to get my message out more. I'm trying to grow my social media presence. What Mm -hmm. is your number one thing you tell them is something that helped you or you see would make a difference for them to do that? Okay. I'm going to get woo and say, I have seen it just too much to ignore it. And whenever I get asked that, I always hesitate and want to say like the right or like normal thing, but it's just not, it's just, it would be a lie. I've seen over and over again that you can play with the algorithm. You can, I mean, I'm all about learning and strategies. Like I have my business courses where I teach people how to get where I am and there's strategy like crazy in there. I've got all of that. It's so powerful. However, I've seen so many times that that does not do anything if you are energetically blocking what you want. So if you have a fear, like if I'm famous, if I have a hundred thousand followers, then I'm going to, people are going to judge me then you're going to block it and you're not going to grow your platform. Everyone has their energetic limit. And when you hit it, you will stop growing. So the real work on social media in business with money and revenue and hiring people and growing to where you want to go is energetic, getting okay, getting comfortable with money and wealth and impact and having a say in the world and having people that listen to what that say is, that is a big thing to get comfortable with. And it takes a lot of energy work. So really 
uh, getting, cutting through those limiting beliefs, journaling through it, finding the points where you're like, Ooh, that makes me super uncomfortable. I feel like I could make 50,000 a year, but if I think of making 200,000 a year, I feel like I'm going to be super judged and people are going to ask me for money and it's going to wreck my relationships. That's programming. So you got to do the work to undo that kind of stuff. Um, and I've seen that with big things like getting to seven figures a year, um, getting to multiple six figures a month. And then also just hitting a hundred K on Instagram didn't happen for the longest time. Like I stopped because I had a belief about that. I was very worried once I became like this big influencer number, it was going to be really negative. And as soon as I cleared it, literally within a week, I shot up like 7,000 and hit the number and I was fine. I love that advice. And I love that it's a little bit different than what the traditional advice is. And I think that's why you're so amazing. So to end, so we got so much wonderful advice, but I always end the interview. Your last piece of bold advice for our listeners. What do you want to leave the listeners with today? And can you also tell them how they find you and connect with you? So if they want to buy the book, if they want to sign up for a course, or if they just want to follow you on Instagram, how do they do that too? I would love to find you and connect with you on Instagram. If you just search Ali Casaza, it's there. It's the one with the check mark, uh, or the username is Ali underscore that's me. And then go browse the site if you'd like and just kind of choose your own adventure. Tell me, can I help you grow your business? Do you need to join startup school? Do you need to get your uncluttered home? Like what is what can support you. And my last advice I think would be if you are, maybe you don't identify as the mom that's just completely losing it and is so overwhelmed and every day is such a struggle. Maybe you're not and you think like, well, I'm, I'm fine, but you made it to this far in the interview. So maybe there's something that is just kind of nagging at you that you just don't like. Whatever is not making you pull forward in joy and excitement to wake up in the morning, question it. It doesn't have to be like that for one more day. And remember, like I said before, you're not a tree. You're not rooted deep into the ground where you are. You can get up and change literally anything you want. And that's your power. So don't forget that. Amen. Well, I hope everyone out there goes and finds their power because it's there. And Allie gave us so many amazing tips. Allie, thank you for your time today. Such an honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you. You.